All right, leaders, you can take a seat, take a seat. Well done. Fun, fun, fun. I, I, we, could, we could spend the whole rest of our time probably unpacking each picture, why, why we're feeling like where we are um, and things along the way. Um, what I want to do is um, first introduce myself. I, my name is Shane Stacy. Uh, I serve as uh, the executive director for Denominee with our Future Church team. Um, Future Church um, is uh, co-founded by Dave Rhodes, uh, who you heard speak this morning. You'll hear him speak tonight, and Will Mancini. And uh, we have kind of three different toolboxes. One toolbox is uh, focused on networks, and uh, we have a few folks whose associations from North Carolina have been in the process with us, with Denominee. Um, and it's really, really uh, network by design. And then we have a toolbox called Pivot that focuses on churches and um, helping churches uh, uh, design their disciple-making culture. And then a toolbox called Unique, focused on individuals, helping uh, individuals find and identify uh, their calling and live into their special calling. And, um, and so if you haven't uh, received the Future Church book, I think there's some out there. I was told that they gave them out. There are none left. I just saw the little... Oh, there's a few out there. Yes, a few out there. I think, I think you can just grab them. So please feel free to do that. Um, I've had a, uh, the privilege of serving on, um, uh, as a local church uh, pastor in multiple different contexts. Uh, I hail from Minnesota. And um, so thank you. Thank you for rainy 60. I'm taking it. All right. It was negative. It was nine when I left. A huge storm rolling in. Uh, school is off, which is unbelievable in Minnesota for that to actually happen. We don't we don't have snow days. We have cold days. It has to usually be negative 20 before they let our kids because they'll die. And, you know, if you die at the if you get frostbite at the bus stop, like then it's like, OK, now it's child abuse. So, like, you know, it's, it's hard to do it. So. So thanks for thanks for letting me be here. Um, well, we, we started here this this whole this whole um, workshop in particular, we want to focus in around this idea of um, how do we help disciples become multiplying leaders? And um, first thing I want to do is just share with you a little bit of, again, we could unpack each of these pictures, but I want to just share through even our own story, my own experience. Dave and I have had the privilege of working with uh, lots of different churches uh, around the country and just some common problem um, that we, we find. And I'm going to do this by just sharing some, some real some real stories that we've had. I want to start here, and you, if you've got your worksheet there, if you want to, you can put this in the box, take notes if you, along the way, if you just want to listen, however you want to do it. And we'll try to interact along the way as we go as well. But I would name, um, I, I stepped in, and I'm going to use one of the churches that we worked with in particular that I had the privilege of serving in, Hosanna Church in South Minneapolis. And, um, and as I was there my first couple months, we were a large uh, church. We had four different locations. And yet we realized that we had a, uh, um, a multiplication problem at the micro level. We were doing mi uh, macro, new campuses, uh, new locations, but we actually had a, a multiplication problem at the, at the micro level, at the person-to-person, -person, at the disciple level. And um, as I, I was there, um, I'll tell you, the first, first person I sat down with probably in the first few weeks, uh, his name is Tony. And you heard Dave describe this a little bit earlier when we talked about this idea of having limited imagination. Um, Tony is a 50-some-year-old um, uh, gentleman. He had uh, been on a mission trip to, um, uh, to, um, out to New York uh, to where that elementary school shooting had been. And he came back. He was working for Parks and Recs um, in the South Metro. And as he came back, he just was stirred so, by, uh, so much by God, by the pain that he saw there, but also by the opportunities to be able to, to serve there. 
um, and to minister to people in their community. And as he's driving around on his lawnmower through the parks and recs, he can't get this off his, his mind, his heart. And he's seen, he's realizing God's placed him in a seat on a lawnmower throughout parks and recs to see what's actually really happening in our own community. And so he would, he would see the good, the bad, the, the wealth, the, the, he would see um, places where there was um, under-resourced, uh, homeless, um, uh, he saw the immigrant uh, populations uh, way better than the rest of us uh, could see it. And so when I sat down and met with Tony, Tony uh, said, uh, he said, she, um, he said, I, I was, my heart's so, um, I feel like God's calling me while we, we were in New York. He said, I feel like God's calling me to, uh, to, to build a kingdom resource center that we can send money, people, and resources to the hardest places of our community. Uh, as he met with the staff, this was prior to me coming on, as he met with the staff, the first thing that they shared was, uh, well, we have a care ministry and we have a prayer ministry. And Tony's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm seeing needs that are way bigger than that. Um, and what we realized was that Tony had this, you know, calling by God to see things missionally in our, in our community in places that none of the staff or pastors ever were. And the only thing that the staff knew to do was to say, well, you can join our prayer team, you can join our care team. And again, as you heard Dave uh, say earlier today, this idea of we recognize part of our problem was we had this limited imagination for our people and the things that God was already stirring and calling them into. Uh, another person I sat down with um, is a gal uh, named uh, Lori. And uh, Lori came into uh, my office. I was there about, uh, about six weeks. And Lori came in and, and she said, um, hey, I know you're st starting new campuses. I'm wondering if, I, if there's any room to be on staff. And so I wanted to like, hear Lori's story. Uh, she's a young 30, you know, probably in her early 30s, young mom. Um, she tells me her story of how she'd come um, out of corporate world and um, had started her own uh, coaching business for health, um, health and nutrition that had moved into life coaching. She had 300 um, uh, folks that she was coaching, uh, multiple different um, coaches that she had raised up. So I asked her a little bit about how, uh, where she was already plugged in in the church. And the place that she was plugged in, she said, was in uh, Wednesday's uh, women's Bible study. I was like, fantastic. And um, so, so I'm, I'm thinking, like, you're probably leading all the table groups. You're like, you're the, so what do you do? And she said, I check people in. And I'm like, you check people in. I'm like, I'm like what are you talking about? She's like, I don't know if it's because I'm younger, but they got these new computers and a lot of the women coming in don't know how to use them and stuff. And so they, they asked if I could just check people in. And I had kids and I knew where the kids, you know, kids rooms were and stuff. And I'm thinking again, not only do we have limited imagination, but we also realized, started realizing that we had limited platforms because her idea her idea was the only way for me be, to be able to multiply, the only way for me to, to truly be in ministry was for me to be able to come on staff. And her first question was, how do I get on staff? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like, not only do we have a limited imagination where like she's connected to like 300 different people, how do we help her use the platform she already has for the sake of the gospel? Um, but also recognize, we started realizing we had multiple stories like this. We were realizing in the church context, in program church context, we only have so many platforms, right? We only have so many places for people to, to be able to serve and to lead from. And we recognize that, um, that part of our problem is not only do we have a limited imagination, but in essence, we had limited platforms. Couldn't raise up enough leaders quick enough. Didn't have enough places for people to, to lead 
Um, next story I, I'd, I'd share would be, <clears throat> if this is Lori, because we'll come back to her, this would be Mike and Allie. Allie's a 21-year-old. Um, she comes, she's uh, actually was serving on our staff in Global Missions. And um, when I sat down with her, and again, in the first months, um, I'm like, what's really, what's really passionate on your heart? She said, I actually want to reach my peers. I'm like, there's not a lot of 20-somethings in our church. Um, I, and uh, what we quick, she goes, but I, I know where they are, and I know how to find them. I just don't know how to do it. And, what I, and then uh, Mike, uh, Mike was in men's ministry, um, and Mike was, owns his own business. Uh, Mike is a uh, um, nice guy. Technology is the name of it. Mike's just kind of skinny, skinny guy. Uh, I meet with him. Um, he's, he's leading men's, uh, a men's group. And he tells me how it started. And he went through a divorce young. And, and, um, and there was a guy in his life that made such a difference and really kept him alive and things. He's like, I want, I want to have a Bob in every man's life. And so he just started pulling men together. Didn't really know what he was doing, but just started pulling men together. And has 60, 60 men in this men's group. But he's like, I keep hearing from the platform that our vision is to multiply the hope and heartbeat of Jesus through irresistible love, generosity, and unity through the South Metro. He's like, what the heck does it mean to be a multiplier? And again, Allie's story and Mike's story surfaced the fact that we realized we did not have any kind of training pathway to help people not only have a larger imagination, not only to help them find their kingdom platform, but a simple pathway to help them see how do, how do you multiply, how do you multiply out your life. And so what we realized is we had a huge multiplication problem. Now, the first two of these, I just want to quickly hit and say we could spend all day on these first two, but I just want to hit, um, I want to spend most of our time on this one here. Um, but the first two of, I quickly realized, though, as we started naming the problem and understanding what the problem is, we started realizing, one, we had access already to unlimited imagination. And in short, I'll just say this, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are work, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works he's prepared in advance for us to do. And so while we might, as leaders, not have the imagination for our people that we would want to have, the good news is we already had access to it because God had already been designing and, and planning good works in, in people. What we need to do is help them identify, clarify their special calling and begin uh, 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 helping them identify that so that they could live into that. And so <clears throat> I could spend a ton of time here. I won't, but um, ultimately we realized we have already have access to unlimited imagination because of the work that God's already doing in people and what he's already called and designed them through. We just need to help them identify that. Second, <clears throat> second one was around understanding um, this idea or this problem of limited platforms. And again, uh, we've ripped off most of what we do from Jesus. So I just given attribution um, to where it belongs. Um, most of it we, we cut. Dave earlier today shared from um, Mark. Um, I, I would say another place that, that you could pull this from, even as we think about platforms, is when Jesus started training his disciples. Um, Luke traces four and five traces after Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. Luke traces almost chronologically how Jesus does that. And he basically takes, the, takes them on six fishing trips. And the first one is in the synagogue, right? The demonized, the demonized man in the synagogue, 
right? Takes them into a platform of a church context, you could say. Everything after that is outside of the church context. He takes them into Peter's mother-in-law's home. Disciple making, we always say it starts in the home, it just can't stay there, right? He takes them um, next to the outcast, to the leper. He takes them next, um, we talked about, uh, Dave shared that, you know, the story of the paralytic, right? Uh, the story ultimately is, is it's, it's, it's a story among the skeptics. He takes them uh, to, down to the beach, right into the marketplace where the boats are coming in and, um, and where they had been doing their business day in and day out. He walks right into their place of business with them. And then ultimately he takes them uh, to their enemies um, or to who they would see as an enemy to Matthew, the tax collector, and, and, and into their homes. And as we look at those, it was like this kind of aha, like fresh moment realization as we think about platforms, only one of them was in a church context, that first one. And while he was training them, the other realization is that you, you recognize that Jesus was basically saying you have unlimited access to kingdom platforms. They're just in the places where people live, work, study, and play. They're not here in the context of the four walls alone. And so um, here we'd say we already have we already have access to unlimited imagination. We have access to unlimited platforms. And so the key was then finding, well, what is a, a training pathway? And um, uh, what, what we want to unpack is what we call the leadership star. And Dave, um, Dave actually is the, is, the, is the designer and creator of this. We've had a chance to, to build this out and lead this out in many different places. Uh, I served with the Evangelical Free Church uh, nationally, and we worked with multiple churches helping them build their disciple-making culture and develop and build that out. And, um, and so if you turn um, on that sheet there, you can see <clears throat> um, down below are some circles there. And... <clears throat> I want you to think about this from the standpoint of how do we help people build, identify their calling, but then also build their, their platform in the places where they live, work, and play. And this, is just a, this has been just something that we've been able to walk people through to help disciples who are following Jesus become reproducing leaders. And the first is, um, let me just give you the, call them the five V's, vision, I'm gonna go around the outside here for a minute. Vision, voyage, voice, vehicle, and vocabulary. Now, one of the things that we had seen that we, <clears throat> one of the challenges we had as we were helping people like Mike and Allie is that unintentionally we had trained them to start in the wrong place. We had trained them to start with vehicle, which is really is around the question, how? We had basically, the only thing that we had trained in Allie and Mike to do is basically, hey, you invite people to your small group, right? You can invite them to Sunday morning. You can invite them to a program of the church. And unintentionally, we had, we had uh, trained a Mike and an Allie to say the place to start is start with, you know, the how. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. If I was to invite you to go on vacation with me, I don't know if you'd do that or not. That sounds weird. We haven't even met, hardly. <laughs> but nonetheless, 
If I was to invite you on vacation and you said, where? Where are we going? And I said, Toyota. And you said, where? I said, Toyota. She said it more emphatically, Toyota. Right? Everything that your mama taught you, right? Do not get into strange vehicles would be like, your your reptilian brain would be going off, right? Everything would be going like, you don't get into strange vehicles. You don't get into strange vehicles. It doesn't make, it's not inspiring to say, you know, I I I have a nice Sequoia. But nonetheless, it's not exciting to get into my car, right, into into the vehicle. And in the same way, so often we have trained people to say, to start with the how. We've trained them with, start with the vehicle, come to my small group. And the reality is no one wants to come to your small group. No one wants to come to your Bible study. My my neighbor, Gina, that we were with um, uh, last week, Gina doesn't want to come to my Bible study, right? And so for, for a Mike and an Allie, what we had to train them to do is not start with the vehicle, The key is actually recognizing that the starting place is first to start with vision. And the vision is really asking that, answering that question, kind of where? And it's that inspiring people to the place of where is it they're going to go? Why, if they start falling, if you pull them close, where, what benefit would it actually be to them? What would actually happen? Instead of saying Toyota, if I said, we're going to the Green Mountains, I've got an HG a TV-worthy cabin right on the lake from the dock. Every morning you can see the sunrise and you can see the sunset. Again, we don't know each other, but still, you may be more a little bit interested to go, right? right? we got to give them a picture of, of, of where. How do you speak value or uh, compelling? Uh, how do you speak compellingly into someone's heart and someone's mind? So um, for give you an example of this, think about Jesus for a minute. When Jesus started calling his disciples, he contextualized that call with a vision, right? In, in the context of who he was speaking to, he started with, in just six words, I'll make you fishers of men. Now, if he was speaking to, you know, <clears throat> um, uh, uh, to, to uh, 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 someone in, working in, you know, a tecton or a builder or something, he might, he might have said, um, you know, something completely different. But to fishermen, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. Um, in my own life, and we're gonna, I'm going to challenge you here to do this, okay? So I'm going to give you a few minutes to do this. In my own life, a couple different ways that this looks like, um, and even in ways that we, we, we trained Allie and Mike and others um, in this. For me right now, my wife and I, um, we have... Um, we pulled people, uh, married couples together. We just have a deep heart for, for young marriages and marriages that last. And so um, one of the things that, that we've said in this, this, both with believers and unbelievers, um, we pulled Drew and Krista, who lived on, on the other side of us, um, into uh, some, some time together and pulled them close. Um, and it was ultimately by just simply saying, we've been married 20 years. We don't know if we have another 20. Like, it's not guaranteed. So we're gonna be, we wanna invest in our own marriage. And so what we invited Drew and Krista to, who were two years, they were two years in their marriage, just starting to think about a young family is, um, you wanna build a marriage that impact generations. So you wanna build an impacting generation marriage. And Drew and Krista immediately, totally de-church couple, totally like, yes, we're in. <clears throat> um, when I'm working with, um, my wife and I both work with, um, uh, use a toolkit that we call Life Unique, helping people identify their calling. And, um, it, you know, yesterday, literally, uh, we've, we've pulled multiple groups together where it's been simply speaking to people, if you know how to make a living, I can help you 
make a life? Do you know how to make a life? And this invitation to invite people into something that actually speaks value to, to where they are. If you think about maybe a coach, for instance, a coach might say something like, um, I've taught you how to win on the field. I can teach you how to win in life, right? So I want to give you a little challenge here for a moment. I want to give you, a, <clears throat> I want to give you four or five minutes. I want to see in four or five minutes, I want you to see if you can write down a six, a six I want to give you a six word challenge. How would you invite someone to give them a, a compelling, compel, compelling invitation into a discipling relationship? How would you speak that starting with vision, not starting with where? In six words, if Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men, if I'll help you build a marriage that will impact generations, how in six words could you craft a compelling invitation that would start with vision of a place where you, you'd be taking them rather than a, a destination for them to, to simply to come to. All right, does that make sense? I want to give you four minutes. <clears throat> Six-word challenge, four minutes. See if you can, you can write down in six words. Think of just, and go ahead and just bring people into your, like bring real people into your life right now. How would you invite them into a discipling relationship? Using six words, speaking six words of vision into their life. Did you say the example one more time? Yeah, what, what, yeah one would be, one would, what's that? There you go. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Hyphens work, you know. Uh, even the I'll, uh, Jesus, I'll make you fishers of men would be one. Um, another example um, would be um, you want to build, know how to build a marriage that will impact generations or impact, uh, impacting, right? Or another might be I can help you make a life. You get the free. You get the free words. You get the free words on the front. I want you to cast the vision. Yeah, try, yeah, try, just try to limit yourself. It's just kind of a, it's not right or wrong. Just try to limit yourself. Six, six or seven words. Six words. You've got the hyphen in there. I like it. Take just a couple minutes. Can have you turn and, and share with the person next to you. So, write, 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 write something down. Get something in your mind. <clears throat> Nailed it. It's got it. It's got it.
Take 60 more seconds. Um, turn to the person next to you, two, three, person behind you, and just, just share. Again, this is just first, this is first draft, this first thought. Share with the person next to you. Kind of what, what's, what's the first, what, what did you write down or what thought came to mind? Take, take a moment. <clears throat> Please, yeah. Sure. All right, let's uh I'd love to hear someone's that you heard that you're just like that that's a compelling way to say that or that was like just brag on the person some, a couple people brag on the person next to you so if someone said man that was, that's that's good again first blush all right you heard what, what'd she say what'd she say <laughs> oh. oh! But it was really good. It was good. But it was good. Raising kids for eternal impact now. Hey. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Okay. What else? You said you you got. What do you got? Yeah, I'll give you hope for tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Want to have hope for tomorrow? Okay. Change your major and live forever. Change your major and live forever. Love it. Love it. Love it. Come on, one or two others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of this is how to how to get out of something. I love that. Love that. That ties that engages the emotion, doesn't it? He said, uh, "Go fishing, uh, good food, uh, solve the mystery." Solve the mystery. <laughs> love it. I was thinking of a person. Yeah, in particular, someone in your mind. Right. Yeah, yeah. In the back. I hope you learn your why and live it. Awesome. <laughs> hope you learn your why. I'll help you learn your why and live it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like that. You want a life worth living. Yeah. You can help you find a life worth living. Good, 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 good. Um, well, Dave, talk to us a little bit about just kind of <clears throat> where, where you've seen this play out. Just kind of trained um, disciple making leaders. Starting here is huge because one of the things I bumped into over and over again is the reason many people don't disciple others 
is because they don't really believe they have anything of value uh-huh. to offer anyone. Yeah. Amen. And so part of training leaders is helping them identify what is it of value that you carry? Yep. And then how does that become part of your disciple-making platform? So Jesus, if you, if you notice the contextualized call of being a fisher of men comes right after the disciples have gone out all night and haven't caught anything. He goes out in the wrong part of the pond in the wrong part of the day and they catch more fish than they've ever caught in their life. Yeah. So he's demonstrated value of catching fish and in light of what he's demonstrated in value, he now makes it a disciple-making call, follow me and I'll help you make, I'll make you fishers of men. You know, Jesus, the reason disciples follow Jesus is not because he's a great teacher, not just because. He's the best fisherman they know. He's the best baker they know. He's the best at everything. They're watching and demonstrate value, and he's using that as a platform to call them into his way of life. He's entering their way of life so he can call them into his way of life. So uh, this first piece is saying, we believe every person has something of value to bring to the table. So part of the disciple-making training is, what is it that God has placed in you? In your passions, your abilities? Cause like, like, what is it that God's placed in you? How do we help you define that? <coughs> Demonstrate value doing that, and then call people into Jesus' way of life uh, as a disciple-making call in that. When we just go straight to vehicle, you know, we totally miss that opportunity. And like I said, you know, we just are saying, you know, come join a small group, come, you know, join a missional community, come, don't matter, house trip, no matter what, all they hear is Toyota, Toyota, Toyota. We get up, most competitive, you know, experience in evangelical Christianity is the two minutes of announcements, you know, every Sunday morning, you know, and it's just, every, but what people in the, in the pew are hearing is Toyota, 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 what people in our work are hearing is Toyota, 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 starting with vision based on the value that you're demonstrating it's a whole different kind of conversation. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I, li, li, um, last week, I mean, to see this like play out, I was mentioning uh, we were over at our neighbor's Gina's house. Um, we've had Gina over our house a bajillion times um, over last year. This is the first time she invited us over for, to her table. And she starts talking about work and how she's having a challenge at work. Um, and she starts telling us about these team members and, 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 and different things. And then she opens up her computer and she's like, and we're on this platform, we have all these tools and stuff, uh, Enneagram and this and this and this and this and this and this. this. Well, she doesn't realize that my, this is exactly what my wife helps. You know, she uses these kind of tools to help people clarify um, their, their life design. And she's able to start asking Gina these questions and then leans in. Gina has been totally resistant to the gospel but she's like showing her all these tools on her computer that she's got, like she's recognized she's able to start opening up the door of, um, we you know, really believe that there's, there's a design and what you're actually facing on your team is uh, the challenges, the kind of the, the, the reality of these personality I- impacts and things. And suddenly Gina's like leaning in and willing to have multiple other, like right after that, Heather's able to invite her in to a conversation and saying like, I'd love to help you process through this more and it literally is starting with that place Dave's saying st- like starting with a pl- bringing value into her world into what she needed and then open using that to open a door uh, for uh, for the sake of the gospel um, so r- really kind of fun now the big the big place we start with with <coughs> vision of, of where now now where do we go next um, vehicle 
We call it we call it the leadership star because where we go next is important and it's so tied to this reality. It's actually what we would say is to voice. We go to voice and we think about voice. It's so tied to the where in this contextualized call because it ultimately this the voice is around who, who. Um, you heard uh, Dave say it earlier today, this reality that we can't <coughs> disciple everyone, right? Jesus, the way that Jesus goes after everyone is he goes after someone. Um, but if we can get someone, we can get to everyone. That's how Jesus ends up, ends up doing it, right? And we hear Jesus ultimately, I mean, even in his own journey, you hear Jesus say these things. Um, John chapter 5, the Father's already at work. He's already believing the Father's at work all around him and the people's lives around him. Um, John 10, he's going to say that when he, <clears throat> um, that his sheep hear his voice and they respond. And then in Luke um, 9 and 10, he's actually going to train his disciples he doesn't say, go into a town and disciple everybody. He literally says, go into a town, and we often call it a person in peace principle, right? He says, find the people that God, the Father's already working in, ultimately, and who are respons- will respond to your voice. And so part of it is, one, taking the pressure off. You can't disciple everyone, but you can disciple somebody. You can disciple someone. And who, is the, who are those people in your life right now that are responding to your voice? And so we, <clears throat> we, um, we call this a you know, person or peace principle. Sometimes I call it an all of life tool. And uh, I want you to track this with me. You see this little diagram there on, on your sheet. I want you to walk around. I want you to literally think about you for a minute, all right, your own life. And I'm going to start here at the top and just simply, I don't know why my doorknob is outside my door there, but um, <laughs> right, I'm going to start here and draw a house. And I want you to think about for a minute, who are, who are the people in your family? Who are the names of the people? As we go around this, I want you to write down the names of people, all right? So I want you to start here and think this is home. Again, we often say disciple making starts in the home, it just can't stay there. But just write down who are the people in your family. And this could be your immediate family and extended family, all right? Who are those people that God's already placed in your life? So just get, get a few names down, and we're going to walk around. <clears throat> we're going to walk around this. Second, <clears throat> second picture here would be neighbors. Who are the people that God's placed around you where you live? Right? So write down uh, some neighbors' names. So I've mentioned Gina, and her uh, cousin Jesse lives with her. Um, sometimes you don't know their name. Right? Um, Greg used to be, when we, I used to write Greg's name down this way, loincloth guy. Okay? That's, that's what I knew Greg. That I, didn't, I just knew he was the guy in the loincloth who tanned. Like, he, you could tell he was a hippie at some point in his life um, and things, and that was loincloth guy. All right? Now I know it's Greg, and we've spent some time together. Right? But write, write down some names of, of the people of your neighbors that live around you. Now, <clears throat> this next one, for us being ministry people, may be a little, uh, little more challenging, but it's a place where you work. And we often have people just write down the names of people that they, their work brings them in contact with. 
or for those of you who are pastors um, in the room, sometimes I say it's, you know, it's your, it's your spouse. Who's it? Where's, is your, if your spouse might work outside of the home and thinks, who are the people that God brings them in contact with? Now, I work with, you know, um, or if I, if I um, engage in, in a relationship with um, my friend of mine, Tori, he works at U.S. Bank. Tori is like loading this up. He has his whole department. I mean, he's naming all these people at U.S. Bank corporate where he works in downtown Minneapolis and things. So for, for those of us in, in ministry contacts or church contacts, that might be a little bit thinner here. The next one would be um, your hobbies. Things you love to do. Maybe it's golf. I live in Minneapolis. We ice fish. I don't ice fish, but the people do this uh, sort, sort of thing. Um, right? It might be music. It might be, you know, um, it might be, you know, crafts. It could be uh, hunting, fishing, you know, whatever it is. But whatever that is, who are the people in your life that are connected to that? Right now it is winter. Uh, I've been playing a lot of pool uh, up the road, um, billiards, um, as, as some would call it, um, and things. And so I think of Todd and Jason, who I end up playing with. Think of your hobbies. This one would be the church. And again, for many of us in this room, all of a sudden, like the names just explode. Um, but I want you to think about for a moment, again, as you think about discipling relationships, like who are those people just immediately? I, lo- I love to ask people to pray as I'm walking through this with them. And just who are the names, the faces, the people that God brings to mind? Sometimes it's interesting. You could list 100 names here. But it's always, it always interesting me to see where the Spirit just starts bringing certain people's faces or names to mind that you're pulling close. Just who are some people in that church context that are hearing your voice responding to that? We're going to come back to that in just a minute. When I think of, as we walk through with, with Mike on this, it's an amazing the number of leaders or number of people that he was connected to in that church environment who had never been discipled before, but that he, it was like a giant fishing pool for him. Uh, this next, next one here could be uh, just, I don't know, sometimes I'll, these are, I know where, these are, this is coffee, guys. These are not beer steins um, and things. <clears throat> um, places that you frequent. So again, my wife and I uh, will grab dinner a lot up the road at this little tavern, um, and, uh, and Jenna is our waitress there. Um, things and so and we connect with her a lot all right so who wears places that you frequent a lot um, sometimes in this COVID world I've actually just put something digital there like an iPad and said like who you connected with virtually um, people are doing that a lot more a lot of different ways this last one here or the second to last one here would be a school now, some of you, us are in school or um, in things, but the reality in this room is most of us have kissed that goodbye. But our kids sometimes, some of you have kids, and your kids can connect to you to an incredible amount of people. So when our kids are in sports, we are connected to their coach and uh, other parents um, and then to their friends um, and things. And so to certain teachers um, in, uh, in, their, in their school uh, that they're at. And so just listing their names down there too. Who, it's amazing how our kids can connect us 
or grandkids can connect us to people. In this last one, we sometimes just put a question mark because people's lives are really creative. Um, so some people, I volunteer here, I'm part of this, or uh, I've talked to pastors who are like, I'm also a chaplain uh, on the police department or the fire department and things. And they're connected to a significant amount of people in some other creative ways. And one of the things that we love to do to start here with is actually to help people realize, first off, that God has already put them in an incredible mission field. He's already put them, like surrounded them with tons of people. They don't have to go to some, you know, place. They don't have to go on a mission strip. They don't have to, God has already surrounded them. Usually we find somewhere between 30 to 100 people that the average person can, can names that come to mind. And then Jesus, what Jesus taught was that voice aspect is who's responding to your voice right now. Jesus said, ultimately, like, you could describe a person of peace, Luke 9, Luke 10, is someone who likes you, someone who listens to you, they're open to your way of life, um, and, and, they, and they may serve you in some sort of way. Gina invited us over for dinner. She served us in some sort of way, right? Um, uh, uh, Jared behind us has helped us. Um, many times he recognizes that I'm not real good with cars. Um, and yes, he, he serves us, right? So um, what we'll do is, and I want you to do this right now, is to think about as you go around these names, someone <clears throat> who it seems like they're leaning towards you. They're open to you. They serve you. They, they like you. They listen to you. They're open to your way of life. And we draw an arrow kind of towards. Sometimes I'll draw an arrow uh, away. For some people, it just seems like they're leaning away right now. Um, we found this in our neighborhood. We found this in work situation, uh, uh, different relationships and things. And sometimes I'll just put a question mark. Like God brought someone to my mind. I don't know the answer to that question of whether they're leaning away or leaning towards, which is I want to pray into that more. So I want you to just take a moment and just kind of just go pick maybe just one of, those, one of those spots and just identify they're moving away from you, they're moving towards you. There's a huge connection a lot of times between vision and voice because it is a contextualized invitation to that certain group of people. Um, and so we don't want to make this feel like it's wooden and, and it's a wooden invitation, but it's, it's recognizing who those people might be and what that invitation is to them uh, as we invite them and pull close uh, that person. And so... <clears throat> um, Dave, any, anything that you'd want to add to this, I mean, this point of things? getting into disciple making, and there's like a, I've done seven years of ministry before I really, <laughs> I, just, I, mean, I know how to preach and teach and how to run church, but, you know, it was a huge repentance in my life. We were talking about this morning, saying, really, I've run church but not made disciples. And so I had to say, okay, I want to become a disciple maker. And my biggest fear was, uh, one, um, would anyone want me to disciple them? But what I found is that people were asking me all the time to disciple them. They just weren't asking me to disciple them. Mm -hmm. They were saying, hey, I like what you have in your marriage, or I like the way you do that. Like, they, they were asking me to disciple them. They just weren't asking me to disciple them. 
I had to learn to hear what they were saying as a disciple-making ask. And then to recognize, like I was saying this morning, I can't disciple everyone, but it doesn't mean I can't disciple someone. And so as we train our people in this, you know, this is so different because, you know, what we've trained them in is what we do normally, which is that assimilation fund I was talking about today, attend, connect, serve. We train, you know, unfortunately, our people to think they need to do the same thing. So here's what they, they want to do. They come up to you as a pastor and leader and say, Lord, put it on my heart to start this. Mm-hmm. Which really means, the Lord, put it on my heart for you to start this, right? Like, so like, <laughs> so, and, and then they say, well, what I need is an announcement on, you know, the platform on Sunday morning where you can use your capital to people who know you but don't know me, and you can leverage your capital to people I don't know to come to my thing. Which means I'm going to set them up to manage a funnel of diminishing returns. Versus saying, hey, God's placed something on your heart. I think that's amazing. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the value that you can bring to them. All right, let's, let's now identify who's the people in, in your life. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go find three. I want you to find three. And when you find three, let's talk about what you're going to do. And I'm going to coach you on how to turn that three into 12. And then once you get 12, we're going to talk about how to turn that 12 into 72. And that 72 into 120, that's a totally different conversation. And like Shane was saying, the platform out here is like, like little, he was being a little bit low on the estimates, 30 to 100. Really, it's about 120 minimum in people's lives. And oftentimes what we find is 300, 500,000 people. And we call this in, in, our, in our toolkit, the crowd cloud, that you know, as pastors and leaders, are we just looking at the crowd or do we see the crowd cloud? That every person who sits in a pew on Sunday morning has 100, 120 people that's in their sphere of influence. Right. So you have a church of 100, that's 10,000 people. And we're either just trying to add one more person to the crowd, or we're equipping the crowd to get to their crowd cloud. So if 100 people show up, that's an impact zone of 10,000 people. How do we help that 100 reach that 10,000? Well, we've got to get out of the church to do that, and everyone's got a kingdom platform they can step on. They just don't know what it is, so help them demonstrate what's the value that you bring to the table. And now... In regard to all these people, where's your three? Where's your 12? Like, who's your 72? This is what Jesus does, by the way. The person of peace strategy, he sends his disciples at it, Luke 9, Luke 10. It's what he does when he says he's got to go through Samaria, John chapter 4. How does Jesus get Samaria? He finds one woman of peace at a well. She likes him. She listens to him. She serves him. She opens up all of Samaria to right. Jesus. By starting with the few, he gets to the many. So we've trained our people accidentally to think they need an announcement on Sunday morning to get people in their group versus saying, no, God's already been at work. He's already placed something of value in you to offer that you can use as a disciple-making call. And he's placed people around your life. Let's get these first two things together, and let's start building the kingdom platform that you have. Which means that you could be, you know, not a very big church, but be making an incredible impact as you help people reach their crowd cloud with who God has made them to be. It's true story of this. This is Allie. That's not Allie with a beard. That's Allie's husband now. This is Allie 18, or Allie, uh, Drew sent me this. This is her husband who actually was one of her three that she pulled close and happened to get a husband out of it too. It was pretty cool. Um, and it, and the, this is 18 months 
afterwards. They started with Allie found, we helped her find Omele. It's her friends. Helped her mine out her group. It was Omele, Drew, uh, Chris, and Nate, or Nick. 18 months later, she's sending, these are the leaders that she's developing. These are all the young people. They have 60 some uh, young people. They had 13 people come to Christ. All started with finding first her three. Once you find your three, four, we'll help you find from there. And she just kept mining out, mining out, mining out along the way. Because here's what happens, Shane, in that every time you get your three, you bring their three, three cloud in, clouds right. into your thing. Yep. And so now you've got three times this. And then you get 12 yep. and you get like, so the crowd cloud keeps growing. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Her, I mean, this is, she's trying to reach 20-somethings. You know, her first, one of her first invitations she trained all of her people in, this is a 20-something, wouldn't work for everyone. The invitation was, you want to come to our party? <laughs> but literally, like, that's, every other week they were doing something to just connect people to their crowd cloud. From that, there's another invitation of going, you ever, you ever wondered if there's a story that actually could ex help explain your story? And <clears throat> it moved from her voice, moved to vocabulary, We'll kind of, we, got, we got about seven minutes, so let me just wrap, wrap this up and we'll give you a, where you can get access to the rest of this. Vocabulary is really around some of the what, it's the content. What will, you, what will they actually be learning? Like what will you actually be passing on to them? And a lot of times what we, we say is, you know, so often we've created a, a Christian church world where the only thing we know to do is give people a book. You know, hand them a curriculum, hand them a resource. Um, but how do you train, how, how, how do you, we call it a toolkit a lot of times. But a few tools, it could be a process, um, whatever it might be, that you're, you're training them in, that they're actually going to be able to hand off to someone else. They're actually going to lead someone else through. So Allie, ultimately, it was literally the person of peace reality. We, we call it a house tool, which is ultimately just discovery Bible study. Uh, four questions. Who is God? What has he done? Who, who am I? Or who are we? What do we do? She started leading them through a story. And she started pulling out of those parties invitations of people who are leaning closer and invite them in to, hey, do you want to read through uh, the Bible with me? Which I would have thought the answer was no. But it was because of the relationship and it was literally, her invitation was often, and do you, want to, do you ever wonder if there's a story that could explain your story? And <clears throat> so it could be, could be a simple you know, uh, toolkit. Um, part of, um, uh, with Mike, with Mike literally, um, what we trained Mike in was simply, and this was what he passed on to these leaders. Mike had 60 leaders, or 60 men that he pulled together, no leaders. Started pulling out of that men, raising them up as leaders. Um, in, in about 12 months, they had, um, they had 130 men that they were connected to, and he had 15 leaders. And it was just simply this little, little thing we did of time with plus uh, 4K times D3. And it was simply time with God, time with people. How do you get time with these men in the places where, out, out in life space? How do you get time with them? Uh, 4K was just some kind of four uh, spiritual disciplines that he was, he was inviting them into um, or discipling them in. And then with a, a three-generation mindset. And as he started pulling these different leaders out of that, ended up passing this on over and over. And you see that the, the three become, you know, I think it was like thir 12, 13 and, uh, and they moved to 130 different men because they keep opening up different people's crowd cloud. So vocabulary is really around the what. 
four we call the voyage. Voyage is what we call the disciple's journey in our toolkit. And it ultimately is helping any process we call you got to lead people through the dip and how they walk through the dip. And you heard Dave use some of the language in our in the message this morning. But off, oftentimes people are, they start as listeners, maybe because that's what we've trained them into on Sunday morning or, or they're just, they're open to our, to our life. They become loyalists where they realize, I can't ever do what you do, pastor. And so I'll be loyal to volunteer to help you to serve, you know, wherever you need me and help you accomplish your vision. Um, but I'll never be able to do what you do because we don't have a way of actually training and leading them. So we take them, but we lead them through the dip and we say, how do we help them become learners? And learners who become leaders who reproduce. Should be D4, sorry about that. And any, any, any person you disciple, any person that you lead through, uh, or any, disciple, any person that you disciple ultimately is gonna walk through this dip. Ultimately is gonna move from a place of what we'd say would be a conscious incompetence through to a place of conscious uh, or unconscious competence. And I um, think, you know, I can go back to any of these stories and you can go, you know when they hit that dip. And what they needed was a bit of coaching, kind of consulting along the way, encouragement to remind them of what can be coming alongside them and then helping them mine out the things that they're learning because those things that they're learning, when Allie was learning, running into um, uh, the multiplication struggles as she was passing it on and trying to raise up uh, other folks, she was able to go back and mine, we were able to help her mine out of her own journey what it was like for her to walk through that so she could turn around and pass those very things on. So actually her struggles were the very things that we needed to help her mine out. They become gold as she's able to then pass those on to the leaders that she's developing and the people that she's developing. And then it's from there that we would move to vehicle. And here we would just say is social spaces. We would say there's really three environments uh, that are best for discipleship and helping simply helping based on where they, that vision, based on who they're seeking to disciple and where they're trying to go, what's the best vehicle for that? And so that could be, <clears throat> again, in a smaller triad, that might be in a larger uh, uh, context, that might be. Um, and so what Allie was ended up doing was, hey, we're gonna start with kind of that come to my party, that kind of 40, 50 group, but then she was actually pulling people into a smaller, uh, more micro group kind of life space um, uh, side of things. And so we use social spheres there. Now, we're hitting our witching hour here. Um, I know we didn't walk through this. We've got a whole toolkit on this, but what you do have access to, if you flip that page over, <clears throat> that QR code at the bottom, um, some of you are familiar with the Future Church book. Dave uh, and Will are actually um, working right now in writing um, what's called Forging Funnel Fusion, Fusion which is the, really the toolkit and the unpacking uh, of uh, a lot of our process that we utilize. And that's, uh, um, that QR code will take you to two chapters specifically on the Leadership Star. They're pre-release chapters um, with, with all the content um, there so that you can kind of see that and, un un and unpack that a little bit more. But Dave, anything you'd want to wrap up with? <clears throat> demonstrate, you know, what this looks like eventually. Instead of saying, hey, do you want to join my unique group? Here's what it looks like. Hey, guys, I know a lot of you uh, have been talking about...
purpose and define your big purpose. I can help you to find your purpose and maximize your life. Um, I can't do this for everyone, but I can do it for someone. And you guys, it seems like, are, you know, are, are responding to things that, that are happening here. I would love to help you out. If you, if you, no, no pressure, just invitation. If you don't want to be part of it, there are other people who, who probably do. But I want to come to you first because it feels like, you know, we're being drawn together for this season. In that, uh, we're going to go through a toolkit called Unique. It's got, you know, over 60 different tools that are going to help you really define that purpose and learn how to live it out. Uh, this journey, though, isn't going to be easy. There's going to be ups and downs. It's going to require a lot from you. And there's going to be moments where you're going to feel like quitting. But I can promise you, if you'll, if you'll step into it, I'll be beside you and I'll help you through that. <coughs> so uh, our cohort meets Sunday night at 8 o'clock. There'll be 12 of us that'll be a part of it. Do you want in? Totally different, right? Like totally different invitation into disciple making. And people just haven't been trained in it. And they don't know what they have of value to offer. They don't know how to talk about it and put it all together so they end up defaulting to either do you want to join my small group or come hear my pastor talk. And so what we're saying is we want to make disciple-making leaders, not only do we disciple them, we got to train them as leaders. And a lot of people just haven't had that investment in their life. So how do we, how do we help them do that? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, if you can download that, that uh, helps on content um, side of you know, that side of things and stuff too. Um, my email is shane at futurechurch.co. Um, feel free to reach out to either Dave or, or I uh, on that. If there's more um, conversation you want to have about that, um, I'll stick around here for the next uh, 15 minutes. I know we've got a we've got another um, um, workshop that we're we're leading people to and coming into that you've uh, you signed up for. But guys, thanks for for the time to get together today. Grateful and. Um, Again, any way that we can serve you, I'd love to do it. Thank you so much. I think they're right around the ta table there, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you bet. You bet. Yes, sir. Shane, any way I can get a picture with you and uh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Dave yeah, so yeah. I can show Bob. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bob, <laughs> yeah, yeah, text it to him. Yeah. You have some, can I get a blank copy of this? Yeah. There you go. Thank you, my friend. You bet. Yeah. You bet. Yeah, because he picked up COVID a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did he? So he's probably. Yeah, so he's just now coming out. Yeah, of, yeah. Coming out of quarantine. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But, I don't know if I missed it, but, you know, where, who, what. Is there a, is there a word oh, that goes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there? Yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's actually tied to what um, on there. Okay, so it's so just kind of what the journey what, will feel. This it's is it's gonna be the what content, be, and this is going to be what will, what will this journey feel like. It's going to take some work. It's gonna yeah, be, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for this. this yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I have a quick question, too. Yes, I sir. I you talk, by the way. Yeah. Good. I'm Grayson. Okay, Grayson. Name is you. So with this... Um, I feel like I was seeing it in two ways. So, like, kind of as a broad, overarching way of like um, doing, like, kind of like a, a process of doing discipleship. But then it yeah. seemed like the way he presented it was almost like this is a formula of invitation. Yeah. What, what's the what's the context for which this is? This so so what he was doing with the invitation was basically he was saying we're going to train people in all of this, right, okay. is a process on how to lead you through. And then, 
yeah. the invitation ultimately was saying I could literally, yeah, I mean, I was giving you guys a six word challenge and invitation. Yeah. Um, invitation was like, I literally, he was modeling how you would be able to say, here's the whole journey. Okay, yeah, here's gotcha, the whole journey. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I heard you saying someone else, the, the word here is like, what's the journey going to feel like? like yeah. That's the word underneath. Okay. Yeah, totally. Gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. No, that was, uh, that was really helpful. Well, I appreciate it. You Thank bet. You. you bet. Where was this 20, 30, 40 years ago? <laughs> I don't know. Mission field? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the aspect of the mission field, but really, yeah. uh, uh, I really appreciate this. I'm mm. going to pull it, you know, pull it out. Okay. Great. Yeah, See great. You. Yeah. Bless you. You know, what you were talking about there, that circle of influence. Yeah. The way that I describe it whenever I'm talking with different groups, take a hula hoop, yeah. put suspenders on it, yeah. and around that hula hoop, I clip all the names of all the people that are involved in my life. And it's basically the same yeah. thing as what you're... But the way that you showed, you know, 3 to 12 to yeah. 72, yeah. was it? Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's an absolute... Thank you. Yeah, you bet. God bless Great you, me, Carl. Yeah, God bless you, Thank man. Thank you for the book. Yeah, totally. Good to see you, brother. Thanks made for your front row. It, you made it simple. Oh, good. I mean... Good. That's helpful to hear. Changed my whole direction. Because <laughs> I was right up here where you were... Yeah. Yeah. Starts at one, right? Yeah. It's great. How's it going, Shane? Hey, man. Uh, Scott, I'm uh, at a church in outside of Charlotte. Okay. I'm just curious, were you in Florida last week for that next step training with I wasn't. Church? I wasn't. My no, senior no. pastor was there. Okay, okay, Jeff okay. Long. Okay, okay. Was, you know, was Dave there by any chance? Rose was there for sure. He was. Yeah, yeah, right. totally. I was just going to. Yeah, him and Will. You, if you no, met, yeah, I knew him and Will he were. He talked about yeah. Will and Dave there, but I didn't know if the yeah. other guy. If, who else was there from Future Church? But yeah. he really loved it, man. The, the six-word yeah. life call. Yeah. He had to write out that, and yeah. everything was six words, and so they had to work through that, and then they did all the assessments beforehand to yeah. your personality and, and what your what drives you and things like that. So it's a lot of yeah, kind of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, sits underneath. That's one of our yeah, it's one yeah. of our it's one of our core so, toolboxes. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. That's cool. Nice to meet you. Nice you. Yeah, where are you at? Parkwood Baptist. Okay. It's outside of Charlotte. Charlotte. Okay. 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 Cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and get a quick Let's do it, dude. You and him so I can. Yeah. Send it to Bob. Let him know. Yeah. You were here. It was official. Yeah. yeah. It's official. Also a pastor at Grace. 
fellowship in Atlanta. We have, it's a, I'm really the strategic director for our Grace Family Churches. We have 10 churches, seven in the Atlanta area. Well, he's doing that. I'm going to plug this in real quick. He had a great time. He loved yeah, it. He, it we had elders meeting last night, and he he spent an hour talking about what all he learned. Yeah, <laughs> good. It was really good. Good. Yeah. It was really great. All right. One, two, three. There you go. Thanks. There you go, good Bob. That's right. Shay, you missed something. You missed something. Yeah, good. He was really good. Yeah. 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 You're an association, Mr. Strategist? What's your name? David Foster. David Foster. Okay, I'm Shane Stacey. Nice to meet you. Sorry, I, we're working on our denominating process um, and working with a bunch of association leaders and stuff. And so when I hear that, I'm always like, do I know? Do I know? Yeah, David, it's, where are you it's at? It's been a challenge. Bladen, Bladen. Bladen. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. How long you been in the seat? Five years. Five years, okay. Good, 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 good. It takes, it's, it's yep. taken about five, six years. Yeah. And it's still, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. How many churches are part of that association? 41. 41. Okay. We have 220 in Bladen County. Okay. In the association. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. Sorry. <clears throat> How you guys doing? Thank you. Doing all right? Still making it the afternoon? Ran round three? Oh man. I know, I know. Appreciate it. This guy coming right up. This brother coming right up. Dennis, thanks for coming to the front row, man. Is that is that Not so that choice, is that is that oh 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 all the back seats the last last crew the last crew we had the front row and the back row taken and so it felt like it was the plain middle seats that we were wrestling with. I would say in college and seminary I sat in the front row after uh, my professor in Spanish class in college said said you where you want front seats or eight seats second row B seats. That's fine. I will pay more attention to that. That's right, that's right. Well, there was a gentleman sitting here earlier 
He said, why sit in the front row? Because I know if you ask questions of people, you're going to look over me to that, that middle row. <laughs> Let me just warn you, the dude in the rose colored shirt. Watch out for him, huh? Trouble. Uh-huh. That's great. Got four minutes. See if there's any coffee out here. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I came down here to get warm. I appreciate the 60 degrees and rainy. It's fantastic. We're actually we're actually Red Sox fans. My wife we're originally from we're we're transplants, so we're from East Coasters. My wife's from New England. She's actually the raging sports fan in our family. I like sports, but she she turns our living room into a sports bar. Three different games on. Uh, all, all time. No Vikings. We will watch the Vikings, but we are also gonna. It's always gonna be Patriots, and then with Tom Brady, it was Tampa as well. But that her argument there was it's not a bandwagon thing at that moment. When anyone's over forty and winning, you just cheer for them. Any of us over forty should be cheering for them. But I don't know. Now the retirement, we'll see. Well, I spent uh, I spent six years in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You know, just like the Vikings, low. Yeah. 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 We said the the Vikings, they're just they, they just help bring the disappointment up a lot. Get us close and drop the ball. Kind of got to hate the twins too, you know, because we were near Southside White Sox. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Love it. Well, hello. I'll be right up there in a minute. It's right here. It's not the cap. It says the Perfect. It's full leaded. Full leaded. I'll take it. That's the other one right there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Thanks for all your help today. Appreciate you all. Okay, that's fine. You can talk. I just wanted to say that. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, here, here you go, here you go. I like it. Here you go, that's right, there you go. It means we have a plan. We won't follow it, but now we have one. Can I recruit you for a moment? Would you just be sure everyone has uh, one of these? Thanks so much. Yeah, he's going right behind you. Here you go. Thank you. Here's this guy. Can I recruit you for a moment? Could you just make sure everyone's got one of these over here? I appreciate it. What's your name? Zach. Zach, appreciate it. Put him to work. Put him to work. He told me, he told me, he told me to make sure I put you to work. Yeah, right. He said if there's... Oh, gosh. You guys don't even help me. You just point and laugh. What kind of friends are these? Come on. All right, leaders, we'll get started in 30 seconds. They're handing out some handouts here if you want one. Um, it will be helpful. There's a QR code that we want to get you to at the end of the time. It'll be helpful for you.
any more handouts? Any extras? Got one. Got one. There we go. All right, how's everybody doing? It's afternoon, second, I mean, the last workshop. You've been through maybe three already. You've got, you know, you know the stellar Dave Rhodes is coming up next, but some of you are already thinking, I don't know, I might leave anyways um, and stuff, right? Okay, no. All right, this is going to be a tough crowd, I can tell. This is going to be tough. going to have to help me out here, team. Um, here's, here's what I want you to do, just to get us started, then I'll introduce myself, but um, I want you to uh, think for a moment um, which picture or which image best depicts your current process for helping disciples become reproducing leaders. All right, so which, in your context right now in your church, if you can't see from the back what this is, these are bunnies, so maybe you're like multiplying like crazy. All right, so those are bunnies right here. All right, this, is, uh, this file does not exist if you can't read that. Um, so that's what that image is there. The rest of them I think you can get figured out. So lock an image in your mind as you think about your current church context, wit, which picture best depicts <clears throat> the process of helping disciples become reproducing leaders. Got a picture in your mind? All right, everyone stand up. We gotta keep you moving this afternoon. Come on, come on. All right, turn to the person, somebody you don't know, not from your church, whatever it might be, just turn to the person next to you, behind you, whatever it is, make sure everyone's got a friend, don't leave anyone out, that feels bad, don't do that, we're Christians, we love Jesus, come on. All right, so just tell them which picture you would, you would choose and why in your context, all right? <clears throat> I was thinking the same thing. We do, we do a lot of things. And also seeing them as they share with the homeowner. <laughs> I feel like we wanted to go around, take a poll. Who's got the green light? Who's got the construction? Who's feeling stuck in the mud? Who's, who's building? Um, but we're not. We're not going to do that. We could, we could spend all, all day on every one of these pictures, kind of what's unpacking. Um, what I'd like to do in our time, we have about an hour together. What I'd like to do in our time together is share, um, as we've had the opportunity to work with multiple churches across the country, but also in our own context, the common problem, um, the problems that we have, we have found and in particular, I don't want to focus all on the problems. I want to focus on, on what's been a, a helpful solution, not a silver bullet solution, um, but just simply uh, something that's been helpful to us in, in, in our learning. And it's part of our, um, 
one of the tools in our master toolkit. So my name is Shane Stacy. Uh, I serve as part of the Future Church um, team uh, with Dave Rhodes and Will Mancini. Um, we have three different t primary toolboxes. One is uh, called Denominee, and it focuses on church um, our denominationals, denominations, associations, state conventions, networks, um, inside and outside of SBC. So we work with uh, lots of faith tribes, um, and it's really network by design. Uh, how do we help ch uh, networks, denominational or other, other such networks, bring greater value to the churches they serve? Uh, we also have a toolbox called Pivot, um, that really is focused on church and is about building a uh, disciple-making culture. Um, and Dave and I have had a chance to uh, work with lots of churches around the country prior to Future Church, but then now also through the Future Church. And so this is one of the master tools that we'll look at today um, in, in that what we call our, our pivot process or our funnel fusion process. And then also um, we have Life Unique, and Life Unique's focused on the individual, about helping them clarify their life calling and walk in uh, and uh, uh, live out their life calling. Uh, or sometimes what we call your special calling. How do we help every believer um, identify their special calling and live into it? Um, so uh, that's a little, little who I am. Um, I've had a chance to work in a uh, local church uh, ministry in uh, 20 miles outside New York City to Fargo, North Dakota. I don't know what I did to tick the Lord off, but those are our exile years. Um, so we moved south to get warm to southern Minneapolis. Uh, it's where we've lived for the last 14 years. Um, South Minneapolis, and that's where I came from yesterday. Thank you for the 60 degrees and uh, rain. It's beautiful. Um, I left nine degrees and a giant um, snowstorm that was rolling through and got out just in time. Our kids got a snow day, which is petrifying to me because we don't have snow days in Minnesota. <laughs> that's called a Tuesday. Um, and so when they say a snow day and they're shutting school down, you're like, what? The apocalypse is coming. Um, literally negative 30 or negative 20 is our normal. Like you don't get off school until it's negative 20 because children died at the bus stop. So um, <clears throat> um, anyways, that's, that's where I hail from. I've had it uh, recently. And so this one I want to start with. Uh, if you got that hand out there, that, that block in the top might be helpful uh, for this. This is what we, I'd say this is a common problem we have found in lots of churches, I'm going to actually unpack it of how in real time, this isn't some like, you know, in a chemistry lab, uh, we came up with this like in real time in our own church, or the church that I was uh, just recently a part of. Um, it was a, uh, a happened to be a, a larger church, four, four locations. So we were a multi animal. I don't even know if we're a multi site. We we're just multi, much <laughs> um, multi. Um, and these, when I, my first couple months uh, on, um, there is a, is a pastor, as our adult equipping pastor, uh, focused with our central team, with all of our locations. And um, as I started meeting with people in our church, um, started identifying this problem. And this is the same problem that Dave and I found as we worked with lots of churches um, and what we found in, in um, <clears throat> Grace Family Church, where he's at as well. So um, the first thing, and I'll start with stories, if that's okay. Come on in. Um, is... Uh, <clears throat> I would, this is this, this is Tony. Tony's a, he's got a long left arm. I don't know why, but this is Tony, real person. Tony Katarina. Uh, I met with Tony. Uh, he was um, Tony worked for Parks and Rec uh, in the South Metro of uh, of, of Minneapolis. Uh, he had went on a mission trip with the church. The church is called Hosanna. Went on a mission trip with Hosanna or Hosanna um, depends on where you're from in the country. Um, and and so everyone says like, do you sing Hosanna or do you sing Hosanna? It all depends. But um, he went on a mission trip to, um, remember the school shooting that happened up in New York with the elementary school? So this was a number of years ago. He went on that and he came back and um, he was so moved um, uh, by what he saw there. But not only what he saw there, he just it felt like God had given him a vision uh, to um, uh, 
to, to develop a, what he called a kingdom resource center that would send money, people, resources through, um, throughout, not around, just around the country, but actually into some of the hardest places of our own community. He worked for Parks and Recs, and as he was on those, in those parks, it took him to all these different neighborhoods. So he brought that to uh, the staff, to the church, um, and things. The only thing that we knew, like the time the staff knew to do, was to say, well, we have a prayer ministry, because it sounds like you're talking about prayer. As part of that, we have a prayer ministry, we have a care ministry. Tony's like, no, 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 I'm in, I'm in all of the parts of our city. I'm telling you there's a brokenness that you're unaware of. I want to reach the most under-resourced people I'm working with. I see the immigrants, I see the homeless, I see whatever in all the, in the parks. And what we discovered, Tony would be one story, and I can, hopefully we'll get a chance to tell you what's happened since then, but what we discovered, and we could tell multiple stories like this, and you heard Dave talk about it earlier today, we recognized that we had an imagination um, problem. We had a limited imagination when it came to be a staff Tony had, he got to put something on his heart, and Tony almost had, he had a larger missional imagination for our church than we had for our church, because he was out in those places through parks and recs. He, God had already given this platform where he got to see some things that we had never seen before uh, along the way. <clears throat> um, another story I would, would share would be <clears throat> to that, I'd add to that, this is Lori. Lori Sherman was uh, about 30, young 30s. Um, she uh, was a young mom. She had worked in corporate America, was very successful, stepped out of that because it was just felt like it was the rat race. Started her own nutrition um, coaching um, business and then had built onto that kind of life design as well. Um, she, had, she had worked with John Maxwell. She had like 300 uh, different um, people that they were, she was coaching and then she had multiple coaches that, that she had developed um, and things. Lori comes to me and says, hey, I know that we've just added another location and things. I'm wondering, is there any way for me to come on staff? I'm like, well, that's interesting. Um, and so <clears throat> I listen to her story. She tells me the story. I just told you a little bit of what she's done. I ask her, hey, have you been involved anywhere uh, in the church already? Right? I'm just, wanna, um, just trying to get to know people and figure out where they are. I don't know where everyone's plugged in and stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I'm part of um, women's uh, Bible study on, on Wednesday morning. Oh, there's a couple hundred women that come to that. I'm like, I'm thinking she must run all of the table groups, all the, all, the, all the table leaders, like she must coach all of that, right? So I'm like, I'm thinking she must speak, you know, um, and things. I mean, she's super articulate, again, worked with um, John Maxwell on, on public speaking stuff and uh, other things. <clears throat> and she, uh, she says, no, I, I check people in. And I'm like, you do what? She's like, I check people in. She's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I look even younger than I, you know, I am and things, but we have this new computer system and stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of ladies don't know how to use it when they get checked in and then getting their kids around the corner. Since I have young kids, I know kind of where they need to go and that kind of thing. And so I check people in and my heart just sank um, because not only did it let us know that, again, for Lori, we had a limited imagination. I mean, here she is. She's got she's connected to 300 some people who are literally giving them access to her, her, uh, her access to their lives. And yet, you know, the only thing that we can think of is, hey, would you mind checking people in? That'd be, that'd be very, very, very helpful. Um, but also, she's thinking, for me to do real ministry, I need to do what? Get on staff. Get on staff. Like, I'm like, you're connected to all these people. So she's thinking, and, what we, and even in that, she, <clears throat> she was running into the, the reality that we had limited platforms, that she couldn't be even, uh, you know, our platform, when you have a platform-driven ministry, 
And when I say platform, I don't just mean a stage. I mean, I mean, just the program church only has so many spots for people, leaders, right? We only have so many spots. And so <clears throat> Lori was running into one of our limiters was we had limited platforms. Like we had limited spots that we could, could utilize uh, different folks. Um, so we had limited imagination plus limited platforms. This would be two other people here. This is Mike and Allie. Um, Allie, 21 years old. Um, she actually was on staff. She's uh, working in the missions, um, global missions, uh, as an, uh, basically an, an uh, administrator. I, um, I sit down with her. And I'm like, Allie, um, like, what's really on your heart? Like, it's interesting that you're here because we don't have a lot of 20-somethings at this church uh, at, at the time. Um, they're up, they up, we're up where I live, um, up in, up closer to the city and closer to the University of Minnesota. And she said, well, my passion ultimately is like what I really want to do is I really want to reach my peers and I want to reach the 20-somethings. And I'm like, man, there's not a lot of space for that. She goes, I know where they are. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But what I realized is we had no way, the church had no way, she'd been asking for this, we had no way of actually helping her identify that platform that she had already seen out there reaching 20-somethings. We had no way of actually training her to how, to, how would she raise up, le- disciple people and then raise up leaders to reach 20-somethings. That wasn't about, let's create a program. Let's create a 20-somethings group on things. I'll come back to Allie in a minute. Second one is Mike. Mike, um, Mike uh, owns his own business, um, nice guy technology. Mike kind of looks like a nerd uh, and things. Yeah, and so you wouldn't even, like when you first meet Mike, you wouldn't think, again, in his young, young 30s, you wouldn't think the amount of influence this guy, this young guy had, but God had put on his deep passion on his heart and a burden on his heart, I should say, for men. He, um, he went through a divorce when he was young, um, uh, even younger, uh, early, early, early on. and only lasted about nine months, and it just devastated him. And this uh, older gentleman, Bob, uh, came into his life at that point, and he said, Bob took me, uh, walked me through some of the hardest times of my life. I thought my life was over at you know, 27 years old. Um, and things and Bob got me through and he goes I just want to make sure that there's a Bob in every man's life right so so I find out Mike's got 60 guys he's pulled together he doesn't know what he's doing right he's just like I show videos he's mimicking what he's seen Sunday morning right so I shows videos he's got these table groups I'm like how do you find leaders you know how do, how do, how do you do this how, how are you raising up leaders he's like I don't know if they show up long enough I just am like hey lead the discussion lead the discussion lead the discussion all right again find that we don't have any kind of clear training pathway Simple, reproducible, contextualized training pathway. So we've got some limited imagination coupled with limited platforms minus training pa- uh, um, minus a training pathway that could be contextualized leads to a multiplication problem. We got a multiplication problem. I'm not really good at math, so this is hard. This is hard as it's going to get today. Okay, this is as, this is as much math you're going to have to do today. So what I <clears throat> um, let me, I want, I'm going to spend most of our time here on a tool, a master tool that we have called the Leadership Star. And it really is, it's some, a simple reproducible pathway process to, to be able to help disciples become reproducing leaders. You heard Dave say, when we say leaders, kind of a small L leader, but a, as soon as someone becomes, moves from being a disciple to a disciple maker, we say that's, they're a spiritual leader, right? Um, how do we develop more and more spiritual leaders? Um, but let me hit these real fast. First thing is, this, these two were just paradigm shifts for us. And uh, the first one um, 
we realized we already had access to uh, unlimited imagination. And that access didn't mean the staff had to come up with everything. The access to unlimited imagination was, comes right from Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2 says, uh, for, um, we are God's workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. We already had access to unlimited imagination. God's already been dreaming a dream in the life of every one of his, his uh, children. And it says that he's prepared good works that he's prepared in advance for them to do. What we needed most, we, had ac we already have access to that. We have access to the Lord's imagination and what he's already done. We don't have to create that. We don't have to come up with that. What we need to do is help people identify and clarify what their calling, their special calling is, and then help them live into that. So in essence, we actually already had unlimited imagination, or at least access to that through what the Lord was doing. We also recognized, came to recognize that we had unlimited, there were, there were or are unlimited platforms or kingdom platforms, if I can say it that way. And I would go to, um, Dave earlier today was in Mark. Um, I would go to parallel passages in Luke. Luke, being the doctor that he is, being the organized guy that he is, Luke traces things a little more chronologically, right? So <clears throat> chronologically, when Luke 4 and 5 show up, after Jesus has said, follow me and I'll make you fishers men. In Luke 4 and 5, Jesus is going to take them on six fishing trips. And those, <clears throat> now listen, listen, to, listen to how these, if you trace Luke, Luke says, first thing he does, he takes them into a synagogue in Capernaum. Okay? Uh, demonized, demonized man, right? He heals the demonized man. Uh, here's, the, here's the religious lost. Um, the <clears throat> second place he takes them is actually into Peter's home in Capernaum, heals his mother-in-law, right? We always say disciple-making starts in the home, it just can't stay there, right? Um, next place he takes them is to the leper, right? The outcast, right? Dave talked about that other, I can't do all the thing that he's clinging on, clinging on, I can't do that, he talks very fast, uh, right? Takes them to the leper, right? So, but the outcast, he, I mean, almost catches a little bit of Tony's heart. Tony's recognized like, where's the least, the last loss left out? Like that's, he's burdened my heart. He takes him to the outcast. <clears throat> Next, um, uh, he takes him down into, actually, I'm going to switch these, um, but that's all right. Um, uh, he takes them right down into their workplace, into the market, right there on the shores of Galilee, when they're bringing in the fish, right? People would be coming down and buying every morning. If you've been to Israel, you know, you know, you've heard it, you know, you know how it works um, and things. And so <clears throat> he takes them right down into the, where they were most common, their, their everyday place of work and said, here, here's, how, here's how you reach people here, right? Then, um, then he's gonna take them to, um, um, you, heard, you heard Dave talk about the, uh, the paralytic that gets dropped through the roof, right? Um, ultimately, though that whole story is around the skeptics, the Pharisees are in the room. And then lastly, um, to his enemies, or to their enemies, to Matthew. And, right, and then they end up in Matthew's home, right? Tax collectors. Out of all those six, how many of them were in the context of a religious space? The first one, synagogue. Everything else from there, not only do I think Jesus was training them, he was showing them there's unlimited kingdom platforms out here where people live, work, study, and play. Out here in the everyday places where you already are, where you've already been. And he's... So we recognize, so we use that in essence to recognize, you know what, 
we need to tap in to the platforms that are already in our congregation. We'll come back to that in a minute. That are not just in the four walls of our church. <clears throat> and those ministries are important. Preaching ministry is important. Groups ministry is important. All those ministries are important. But there's more platform space out there. So that brings us to that training pathway. How do we add a, um, a uh, contextualized training pathway. And if you look down there on your sheet, I'm going to, you see this five circles. We call this the leadership star. And it really comes in five parts. I'll let you if, kind of fill it in real quick here. The f <clears throat> this is voice. Ah, just kidding. Just kidding. I was just making sure you're paying attention. Um, this is vision. Vision. This is voyage. This is voice. This is vehicle. This is, starts with a P. No, I'm just kidding. Starts with a V. <clears throat> this is vocabulary. What we... <clears throat> Dave and I had the opportunity to, and again, I'll give attribution here to Dave Rhodes, uh, had an opportunity to um, develop this with him. Uh, we worked with a bunch of, um, uh, I was in the Evangelical Free Church. We worked with a bunch of Evangelical Free Church teams first, um, and now it's actually become part of um, our uh, Funnel Fusion Master Tools and, um, and been able to utilize this. But I, I want to give attribution to where we actually stole it from. We stole this from Jesus. Don't tell anybody, right? Uh, literally, by just studying Jesus, this, this is where we stole this from. Um, one of the problems that we find is that we've already trained people. The only thing that Lori, Tony, Mike, and Allie know to do, because we've trained them this, this way, unintentionally, is to start in the wrong place. They start with what we would say is a vehicle. They start with um, the how, and they say, and it starts like this, hey, we've trained people to come to a worship service. Invite your friends to a worship service or invite your friends to a small group, right? Problem is, or you might say invite them to an outreach event, right? We start with a vehicle, but the reality is <clears throat> people don't want to come. My neighbor, Gina, doesn't want to come to my Bible study. She doesn't. Her cousin, Jesse, who lives with her, does not want to come to my Bible study or our small group. Right? Drew and Krista, who live on the other side, did not want to come to our small group. But that's all that we had trained people to, right? The, we say, because say Sunday morning announcements, right, is like this ongoing, like, hey, invite them to the vehicle, invite them to the vehicle, invite them to the next, you know, take your next step to the next vehicle. Think about it this way. If, um, and I know we don't know each other very well at all. Um, <clears throat> but if I was to say, hey, come on vacation with me. No. Okay, so that would be, all right, so not a person piece. All right, so going over here, <laughs> right? right. Um, if, if you said where, where are you going? And I said, Toyota. And you're like, what? Where are we going? Toyota. I can talk about my car all day long, how we're going to get there. 
but it does, it's not inspiring. In fact, everything in your reptilian brain that your mama taught you when you were five years old, do not get into strange vehicles, right? Is gonna rise up with inside of you. I am not going to that. Right now, if I said, we're going to the Green Ridge Mountains, place right on the lake, HGTV worthy cabin. When you're on the dock, you can have your cup of coffee in the morning and see the sunrise. But we sit in that bay and that evening you can see the sunset and you can cast right off the end of that thing and catch largemouth like you wouldn't believe. We still don't know each other, but I bet you're a little more interested, right? Like a little more, a little more leaning in. But what we've trained people to do is intentionally, we've, instead of saying where, starting with vision and to speak into their lives, something that would actually be compelling to them in their situation, we start with vehicle, come to my small group, come to my Bible study, want to come to my, you know, whatever it is. Again, everything in their reptilian brain rises up. Do not get into a strange vehicle. That's a strange vehicle. That's a strange vehicle. Do not get into that. So how do we start with vision? Vision starts with where. It's a question about where. And it's training people like Mike and Allie and Lori and Tony to be able to first bring value and demonstrate value into the places of the people that are already in their lives, demonstrate value there, and then be able to contextualize an invitation into a discipling relationship from there. How would you do that? Think about Jesus for a moment. And I'm going to challenge you here. I'm going to give you a six-word challenge in a minute. Okay, I'm just ready, ready for this. Think about Jesus for a moment. Jesus, um, when he invites those disciples in Mark chapter 3, um, when he invites those disciples and pulls them close, first thing he does is he demonstrates value in their world. He's the best fisherman they've ever seen. He helps fishermen see the, this is the best fisherman they've ever seen. And then he invites them, you follow me, and he gives them a contextualized invitation. I or I'll make you fishers of men. He speaks right in that. He's the best baker they've ever seen. <laughs> He's the best physician they've ever seen. He's the best bartender they've ever seen. Right? <clears throat> that was a wine thing. It's okay. No, I'm in Baptist group here. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just joking. I'm just making that. <clears throat> um, right? Like he's demonstrated value. Here's the saddest thing for most Mike, Allies, and Lori's and Tony's don't think they have anything of value to bring to the world. And the only way they can bring value for the sake of the kingdom of the world is probably maybe leading a Sunday school class. So we want to help them identify and clarify what is that value, that place where they already are and the value they already bring in that contribution and how can they actually then speak to people in that context. So when we start with vision, uh, for my wife and I um, right now, and this has happened with Drew and Krista who live on one side of us, things we have, we, um, marriage is a big deal for us, um, helping um, marriage, you know, build marriages at last. And so our, our invitation to someone, our invitation to Drew and Krista, if I was to say it in six words, it would be, we can help you build a, mar uh, a, a generation impacting marriage. Now, context for that, um, we had been married 20 years, 25 coming up here in May, but just 20 years. And um, we knew personally, we have 20 years, but we were watching people, our friends, not be able to continue to run the race, right? They're falling left, right? So we, like, we knew we had 20 years, but we weren't guaranteed another 20 if we didn't do some fresh investment, right? Now, Drew and Krista, we're out at a block party with them. They're next door, totally de-churched, completely de-churched. Hadn't been in a church for like 20 some, you know, about 20 years. Um, things, uh, they had just gotten married. Um, 
and uh, and uh, and or they've been married for about two years, and they were gonna just talking about having family and things. So we hear that come up in the conversation, and uh, we'd been there with them one other time, and the and the the cast out to them. The invitation was not, do you want to come to our small group? The invitation was, hey guys, we've been married 20 years. We don't know if we have another 20, but here's what we know. Um, I know you guys are two years, you guys two years in, and you're talking about starting a family. Um, we can help you build a marriage that will impact generations to come. <coughs> and Krista, I remember, leans forward and she goes, we're in. We didn't once talk about what, uh, you know, what that was going to look like yet, what that would be, and we pulled in a few other people from the church, and people put, put a couple other people and things, and Drew and Krista end up stepping in uh, to that context with us, right? Um, uh, right now, uh, my wife and I use, uh, we use Life Unique, um, which is a, uh, uh, one of our toolkits, I said that it's really helping people identify their calling. And the way that we cast that vision out to people is you know how to make a life, um, or you know how to make a living. Do you want to know how to make a life? And we invite people into what we call gospel-centered life design. And it is a, <coughs> literally on Thursday night, Gina on the other side of us, who we have had over dinner bunches of times, reciprocated first time in a year had us over for dinner. As we're over for dinner, she pulls up, starts telling us about work. She pulls up her computer and stuff. And she's saying like, I have these challenges. Like, uh, but we have this whole system where like, you can know their Instagram and you can know this and you can know that. And like all these, you know, their, their disc profile and their whatever. Well, she doesn't know like, that's what, that's part of our process is helping people understand who they are, their personalities, spiritual gifting. She doesn't know that part, but that's all right. Um, and things. And so we just start speaking in with competence and saying, well, let me tell you why your boss acts the way he acts. I haven't even looked at his profile. I'm just listening because I know. I know he's a high D. I know he's red on the insights. I know whatever about everything she's describing to me. And then she's telling me about this other coworker, and I'm saying, well, let me tell you where he's at. I said, I bet you he's um, a high I. He's got no detail, and it's killing you. <laughs> That's why he keeps coming for you. And we go through this whole conversation. She's like leaning in. She's like, how do you know this? <laughs> I'm like, our church taught us. You know, like, uh, right? We're able to, she's open to a conversation now with Heather where Heather's able to say, and Gina then says this out loud, my identity for the last 20 years has been my job. I'm hitting 40. I don't want that to be my identity. And Heather's like, bing, opportunity. You know how to make a living. Man, you're hitting that 40 year mark. What you're talking about is wanting to make a life. I'd love to keep having coffee with you over this. Right, opportunity to invite her into a disciple relationship, right? So we start with vision. I wanna give you a six word challenge on this. I want to give you four minutes, and I want you to write down in six words, how would you, and you bring someone into your mind, how would you invite them in a disciple relationship where you're not starting with the where, or, or you're not starting, I'm sorry, with the, with the how, you're not starting with the vehicle, okay, come to my small group, hey, I'm going to do this breakfast group, whatever it is, but you were to speak a compelling vision to them. I'm limiting you to six words for the exercise, all right? Uh, obviously, I'm not going in with canned six-word uh, you know, deals with, with people, but I just want to challenge you, like, think about how in six words would you speak something that would be compelling vision to them about something that they would actually care about, that would actually cause interest. Does that make sense? I'll give you an example. I, already, I gave you two examples. Uh, one was marriage. How do we invite people in? We, build, um, we can help you build a marriage that will impact generations. Uh, we can, <clears throat> you know how to make a life, we can help you, or you know how to make a living, can help you make a life. Think about a coach, 
a coach may say something to the effect of working with his players. I've shown you how to win. I've taught you how to win on the field or on the court. Do you want to learn how to win in life? Right? Invitation in. <coughs> right? It's going to be a six, I'm going to give four minutes, six words. I'm going to have you share it to the person next to you. So y'all got to play, whether you like it or not. Um, you got to play, all right? I know it's late in the afternoon. See, six, six words. And again, if you need to use a hyphen, hyphens are work. They're great cheaters. You can get that seven, eighth word in there. Dave Rhodes does it all the time. He puts a hyphen on just about every time we do one of these challenges. He's like, well, I found out how to do it in seven. But it's six. Really six, all right? So I'm going to give you four minutes. Four minutes on your own. How, how would you speak an invitation? <clears throat> and the reason I'm doing this, friends, the reason I'm doing this is Mike and Allie, they're out there in every, Lori, the Tonys, they're friends. They have access to so many more people, but their friends are not going to be inspired by simply, do you want to come to a small group? Do you want to come to my church service? How do, they, how do you train a Mike and Allie and a Lori to be able to speak a contextualized invitation that is actually telling that person about a destination that, that, that they already value, that they already want? It's intrinsic motivation for them rather than, hey, come get in my vehicle. Okay? See if you can, see if you can write it down. <clears throat> Just give it a try. Just give it a try. We had some great ones, just to give it a little competition, we had some great ones from the first hour. So I'm expecting this group, I can tell already, you guys are going to kill it, take it even further. Write something down, write something down, write something down, write something down. I'm going to have you share it in just a moment. So, some people are processors, they need a little more time. All right, it's, af it's afternoon, it's afternoon, it's afternoon. 
Let's go ahead and stand up where you are. Stand up right where you are. I know some of you are starting to share with the person next to you. That's all right. <clears throat> turn, turn to the person behind you or front of you. Now look around again. Make sure someone's got someone. It's going to get real confusing because you're like, well, I don't know, front or back. You're not giving us good directions. Figure it out, people. Figure it out. All right? Just real quick, just share what that six-word challenge is. Like just, and it's okay, all right? Just... <clears throat> Extroverts in the room are still standing up. All the introverts in the room are like, thank you for letting that be done. That was a lot of time with strangers. Um, all right, good job, good job, good job. <clears throat> um, all right, I want to hear out a little bit. I want to hear out a little bit. Just brag on someone, brag on someone who were like, man, that was great. That was great. I loved what they said. I'm totally stealing that. I'd, bar- I, I, I'd want to be their friend. I'd want to be called in. Yes, sir. My friend here, impact the community greater. Yeah. Impact the community greater. I mean, that Tony literally. And I'll, I'll tell you, this has moved to 150 people serving with him. 48 different semis uh, just this last year, so in 2021. Um, and, and I think it's like 52 some different nonprofits that are now connected to throughout the including, and we live in South Minneapolis, that should trigger something for you, including uh, both the police and the community and the schools. Um, during, during the riots, Tony and God, God used Tony and during the riots and heart is now what they call this little, this ministry he started to be feeding a thousand police officers hot meals every day because they had no, we had no precinct. And on the other side, feeding peaceful riders out in the streets and all staying, staying quiet as we can, not knowing we're helping the enemy, but really it's because we care about people. And these were both had sets of families um, in there, right? Um, and things. <clears throat> love, love, love that one. What else? What else? 
What other ones? Yes, sir. What was it? What was it? Dennis. He has to deliver it. Come on, Dennis. Here it is. Six words. So, whoa, whoa. One is hyphenated. Yeah, that's right. It's a big hyphen. You, you can grow in your relational capacity. Okay. You can grow in your relational capacity. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Keep going. Keep going. Give me a couple more. It's great, guys. We have back here stability in an, un, in an unchanging and ever-changing world. Oh, man. Stability in an ever-changing world. Anyone feel any instability in the last, I don't know, two years? If it sounds like next next week, is it next week, the week after, a two-year mark? Yeah, huge. Come on, one more, one more. Give me one more. I, I took something my wife and I like to play, pickleball. Yeah. How would you like to move from pickleball and navigate some life's pickles? No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know, but, yeah, you know, you started on the front end with a, a contextualized reality, but there it was. That's like navigating life's pickles. I love it. You were going to point to someone. Yeah. Said, uh, build a family that lasts or build a marriage that yeah. lasts. Targeting that. Yeah. Totally. It, 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 I mean, no one steps into marriage going, boy, I hope this falls apart in about four, four years. You know, no one like steps into that, right? Huge, 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 huge deal. All right. <clears throat> so we're starting with vision. Now the question is, as we're training these people, where do we take them next? One is we're, we're teaching them. No one's taught them how to speak a contextualized vision into someone else's life to invite them into a disciple relationship we've again unintentionally sunday morning announcements what do people hear toyota 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 come to my come to the vehicle come to the vehicle uh, and things and so we've unintentionally taught them or trained them to invite people though to the vehicle where do we go next voyage no now we go we go to voice and voice is who is responding to your voice Who's responding to your voice? This is what Jesus, um, Jesus said this, and I'm going to take us down to this little duel. So G Jesus said, um, one, John chapter five, he said, one, I already know that the father's at work, right? The father's always working. John chapter 10, Jesus says, hey, my sheep hear my vo voice and they follow me. Luke nine and 10, Jesus is going to train his disciples that he's sending out in often what's called the person of peace principle. And he trains them to go and respond. He goes, you stay with, with people who respond to your voice, right? If they put a wall up, you don't, you don't get mad. You just, you recognize God's not responding. Like he's not creating an open door here. And it's what Dave was talking about earlier today. Um, it's this freedom in many ways of knowing a kind of confession that, you know, repentance we have come, I've had come to in my own leadership, right, is I can't disciple everybody. But I can disciple somebody, someone, right? And Jesus finds the someone, helps people find their someone, and through that gets the everyone. Uh, the woman at the, the well, the way that Jesus gets Samaria is through a woman at a well contextualized invitation in that moment was I can give you I can give you living water right um, the way that he gets to the Decapolis through Mark 7 8 the Gadarene demoniac who says can we go with you or can I go with you and he goes no stay here and tell everybody we come back and we see the feeding of the 4,000 how in the world are they all here so he gets the Decapolis through one, right? So what we want to help Mike, Allie, Lori, Tony do 
is first we want to help them not only voice, but we actually want to help them mine out who's responding to their voice. And I want to walk through this with you quickly, but I want you to, I want you to kind of walk through it with me. I want you to think about you for a minute, not, not necessarily someone else, because it's always more helpful if you think about your own context, your own life uh, in this. Um, in essence, you're saying this is me in the middle, or you get all, come on, me and Jesus. Me and Jesus are in the middle. I get that. Get that. And we're, where, where's he responding? First one is this. Now we get the little art skills, little art and craft. Who needed a little afternoon art and craft? All right, draw a little house. Uh, happy little painter. Happy little, happy little house. Maybe. Okay, move on. Um, <clears throat> all right, draw a little house. This would be home, or you could say family. I have people identify who are people, and I want you right now just to write down names. And your immediate and your extended family, I want you to write down names. Who comes to your mind right now? Um, if your spouse has not come to your mind, write their name down. <laughs> um, right, that could get you in trouble. Um, all right, so I'm going to write down Heather and Isaac, and Gavin, Ruth. I'm going to write down Cody, my nephew, and Connor, my brother Eric, Carrie, his wife. Okay, keep going. All right. We always say disciple making starts in the home. It just can't stay there. Right. Um, extended family. Second, second thing I want you to do is um, draw some little peeps. And these would be neighbors. God's place you live somewhere in a condo, an apartment, a house, a ranch. I don't know. It's North Carolina. I don't know what you guys have out here. But um, nonetheless, um, who are the neighbors? Who are the people around? And write their names down. Um, so I think of Gina and Jesse, their cousins. They live next door. I think of um, um, Julia and Pat, who live across the street. I think of Leif and Mandy. I think of Susan, who had cancer this summer. I think of Simon. Okay, um, when I first started doing this, um, I wrote down loincloth guy. I now know his name's Greg. But I didn't know his name. That's a story. Uh, it is a story. <laughs> oh, more stories than you can imagine. <laughs> um, we have a few, 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 you know, few neighbors that uh, create lots of stories. It's uh, we have we have three months of glory, three months of 80, 80 degree weather, and you get your vitamin D as quick as you can because you will lose it very quickly. Yeah. All right. So write write down your neighbors. And again, this is important. If you don't know your neighbors' names, literally, loincloth guy. Literally, blue house. Literally, rusty car. Literally, you know, freaking barking dog. You know, um, stuff. Um, that's how we learned Jeff. He doesn't live there anymore, but Jeff. I'm like, I learned his dog's name first. <laughs> um, because he would, Jeff would always be yelling about his dog barking. All right? Um, <clears throat> I'll keep us moving here. This one can be a little harder for this context for some people. Um, things. This would be uh, work. And so write down, now, people in our church, churches, <clears throat> they're going to write down all sorts of names. I'm going to have one that's church, so you just save it. But, <laughs> um, but if, you're, if you're on full staff, you know, ministry on things um, at a church and things, then we'll save that one for over here. But just think about people that you, you, you might work with. I, sometimes I say, if I'm talking to ministry leaders, like think about your spouse, maybe your spouse working with some, you know, outside the home and things. They've got people they're connected to. Write those names down. <clears throat> right? 
I'm going to keep keep moving on that one because, uh, but again, right, you get the idea. <laughs> this one here would be hobbies. So maybe you're a golfer. Maybe you shoot things. Um, um, right now it's winter. No, I don't ice fish, but that's what we do. Uh, we walk on lakes. Uh, we walk on water um, in Minneapolis. Um, actually, I play a lot of eight ball. Um, and things. So whatever that hobby might be, whatever it is, you got a gym that you go to, whatever it is, write down the names of the people that are connected to that place. Or if it's golf, these are people, friends that it's pickleball. I love it. Love it. Pickleball. You know, who are the names that are connected to pickleball? Um, Drew next, Drew next to us. Um, Drew is a part of a brew club, three brew clubs, uh, opened up huge realms uh, of people there. That was one of his hobbies, his home, little home brewer. All right. This one here is uh, the church. Oh, look, Jesus at the steeple. That's so great. Um, <clears throat> now, if you're a person in, in uh, ministry, you're a pastor and things, you're like, oh, my whole congregation. No, uh, Jesus' names mattered. Uh, I always say, um, if you can't name his names, disciple making is probably not happening. Right? That's, that's a kind of a, a Luke 6, uh, Mark 3 principle, right? That they have, we have the names listed. Uh, Luke 8, women's names listed. Thank you very much. Um, and, that, and so who are those people? And so just think about the people right now. I mean, just I always say it this way. Like literally right now, some of us, again, pastors in the room, there's so many. Just who are the faces right now that start coming to your mind if you close your eyes? Who are the names that start coming to your mind? And just let the Spirit of God just start populating that for you. You got deacons, maybe you have certain leaders, you have certain couples that you've walked through some tough stuff with, but they're like, they lean into you now, they're open to you like you wouldn't believe. Write their names down. So right now, uh, I would write down, <clears throat> for us, I say the church is one of the great fishing pools uh, for us. So we, we've got three couples that we've pulled close. Uh, we meet with um, uh, every, every month um, together, and then we meet um, in between time. We do double dates with them. Um, and so I'd write down Tim and Michelle and Tim and Hannah and Jeff and um, Sarah. All right, <clears throat> two more. I said this in the description. Guys, we've done this with teenagers. Um, utilize this, it's amazing what pops up. Teenagers get this quicker than, than adults do, um, it seems like. Uh, these, are, um, these are coffee cups, by the way. These are not beer steins. Um, and so, uh, places that you frequent. So I think of, there is a little tavern down the street from us uh, that we love to get fish tacos at. And I think of uh, Jenna, who is always our favorite waitress. Sometimes I put uh, an iPad there and just said, we're in a world right now connecting people digitally like crazy. And so you might have more names that pop up digitally, but where are the places that you frequent? Last year it was hard to do that. It was like, well, we're not allowed to. <laughs> like, we don't forget anywhere. <laughs> we order all our groceries online. Okay, hang with me. One more here. Uh, this is actually is a school. Um, so, <clears throat> anyone in school in this room? Yay! All right, all right, all right. So that, that opens up some doors for you. Um, the other thing is, um, I always said our kids connected us to a tremendous amount of people. Sports, coaches, um, teachers, Mrs. Goldsmith, um, uh, sometimes principals more than we wanted to be, um, <clears throat> right? They're friends. And so even now as my son's in college and he's 15 minutes down the road at the University of Minnesota um, and things, he gets people around our dinner table about once a month. 
And so we've got Christian and uh, Gina and, uh, and a few other people that are connected there. So your kids can open up doors. Um, it could be school. It could be you going to school. Or if I do this with students um, and stuff, of course, they, have, they populate that out. Last one is this. Question mark. You got a creative life. I don't know. I've talked to pastors who are also chaplains on a police department or a fire department and things. And poof, I've talked to people like I also, you know, I serve on the PTA or I, um, you know, I'm part of our uh, HOA, whatever those are called things uh, at our condo and stuff to, I, you know, uh, National Guard. I also serve with National Guard um, and stuff. And all of a sudden, boom, huge amount of people uh, come up. All right. Friends, the first thing I'm trying to do here, 10 minutes, is I want people, one, to get overwhelmed in a positive way with the mission field God's already placed them in. On average, we find on average, anyone can name close to 100 people. They don't have to go somewhere. God's already placed them in an incredible mission field. Now, I'm going to connect some dots here of what we just done. The, um, one is I'm, I'm asking them the question, person of peace principle is, who, who are those persons of peace? Who's responding to your voice right now? Jesus said in John, uh, Luke 9 and 10, and I'll just summarize this. He would say, uh, um, maybe today he would say it this way. There are people who like you, they listen to you, and they'll serve you. Gina just served us. We've had her over for dinner probably about 15 times. She just invited us to her table, right? Gary behind us um, knows I know nothing about cars. <laughs> He's come over or had my car in his garage a number of times helping. He served me in some sort of way, right? It's, it becomes this mutual kind of moment, this open door kind of moment. But they listen, meaning they're open to my, our way of life. They're not resistant to it. Doesn't mean they believe it. Doesn't mean they buy into it. They're just open to it. Um, so, <clears throat> We have people, have them go back through and just draw an arrow. That person seems to be leaning towards me. They fit that mold. Connor seems to be leaning towards me. Co Cody right now, again, it's not like we're scratching them off a list. We're just saying right now it just doesn't seem like there's an open door there. It doesn't seem like God's opening that. There's not a responsiveness to my voice right now. So I'm looking for where do I need to spend more time? Who do I need to pull close in this season? And we've watched these switch at times along the way. Now, let me connect the dots with Allie and some of these other people. Allie comes and says, I run and reach 20-somethings. I'm like, we don't have a 20-something ministry, and I don't even know where we'd find them, to be honest. And it would be the stupidest thing for us to start a 20-something ministry. <laughs> it really would have. Allie's like, I know, but Allie, here's what I'll do. I'll help you find your three in your life, and you bring your three, and we'll help you find your 12 and you're 72, and you're 150. And you're like, nah, -uh, that's just Jesus talk. This is Drew, her husband now. She found him too. Um, <clears throat> Drew was one of them, uh, one of her three. Omele was one of their three. Nick was one of their three or four. So they had four that pulled together. This is 18 months later. Um, they pulled together 65 people. These at the top are leaders that she raised up. They had 18 different young people come to Christ over 18 months. Her invitation was so funny. This is such a 20-something. It wouldn't work with like a lot of people. Her invitation 
Her first invitation was this. Trained all her, her leaders in this. Here's what you ask them to do. You want to come to my party? That was the first invitation. <laughs> Literally. First thing they did. It was so relational. Start there. Don't try to do anything to them. Just get access to them. Invite them in. Let them see that we're having fun. We're fun people and things. Second invitation was, you ever wondered if there's a story that could explain your story? And we taught Allie in Discovery Bible Study, and she would pull out of that, that group, out of those parties. They would pull people eventually out. And parties were like, hang out and play games on Friday night. So like, not like wild parties. They were like board game night. Hey, we're all going skiing at Buck Hill, because we have that a lot. Um, it happens every Friday night <laughs> in Minneapolis um, and things, right? So it was just inviting people into real life stuff um, and inviting it, but out of that, seeing who were the people that were leaning, leaning towards. And so, so often people come to us and say, we, we, then we have the, fight, the fighting for the announcement on Sunday morning, all right? Where it's like, hey, I got the pastor, I got this idea for you, right? And uh, I think God wants to do this. And then will you find me friends for my thing? Or you go do this thing. But to be able to say, not only yes, has God laid that on your heart, but actually I can help you find your friends. I'll be with you all along the way. I'll, I'll make myself available to you finding your friends. And what he's already opened, I'll help you find your three and your 12 and your 12 to your 72 or whatever <coughs> God might want to do because everyone's got different capacities uh, for that. Right? Make, make sense? Make sense? So <clears throat> vision of voice, these are so connected because all suddenly they become that contextualized. I'm contextualizing the who. This is, <clears throat> we go from voice in the last couple minutes here, and I'm going to give you access to this stuff. You're like, how are you going to get through three, four, and five? Um, I'm not. Um, three. Three, we say, is vocabulary. What will we learn? What are the transferable tools? We often say, we, we use the word tools a lot of times rather than just a curriculum, of, it's a book. That's what we've been trained to do in, um, in Christian, Christendom in America. But how, how can we tr train people in transferable tools that they can carry with them and pass on? Um, so let me give you a quick illustration of that. For Mike with those men, this was literally This was the tool that we trained him in. It says, TW, here's everything I know about disciple making. It requires relationships. It's time with, time with God and time with people. 4K <clears throat> was uh, about four uh, in particular, in four, four disciplines. Um, studying scripture to know God, prayer. Um, so we just had four disciplines times three generations. We're thinking about three generations. Trained Mike uh, in that. Uh, he started pulling out of that 60 uh, he pulled out um, uh, about 11 guys, spent um, six months with them, um, and then trained them just to do the same thing with guys. And that group of 60 ended up, out of those 11 guys, that group of 60 turned into 130 in about 13 months as he just started walking through the process. Knowing for <coughs> um, for, for um, uh, people finding and identify their calling, um, we, we're, we have a toolkit that we use uh, called Life Unique for that. For marriage, we've got about five different tools that I know that there's a couple right now that can turn around and they can lead this same thing 
because all we're doing is leaning through simple. We're not leaning through a book. I'm not saying books are wrong. I'm not saying curriculum's wrong. But I'm like, you can take that into any coffee shop conversation. You can take that into any living room when you're with. You can take that at work and you're talking over lunch break with someone. You don't have to pull out a book that you don't have access to. You can draw an intimacy wheel and, and, and walk through how you've learned to build greater intimacy in your marriage through something as simple as that. All right, so vocabulary. Voyage is this. Voyage is a simple, <clears throat> we call it, you've got to learn to teach people, lead them through the dip. What would this feel like? Um, and it's really moving. You heard Dave use this language earlier of most uh, people that are in our church context uh, in particular, but they move from being listeners to loyalists, from loyalists to learn. Um, we want to help them move from being loyalists to being uh, learners who become leaders that can uh, reproduce. And so ultimately, this we call this the disciples' journey, and it's just helping people um, move through and know no matter what process you're in, developmental process, you're going to hit the dip. Allie hit the dip. Sounds great. I get excited. She pulled her three together. As soon as she had to start multiplying her three, all of a sudden she was like, this is way harder than I thought. It's not, you know, people aren't playing games. They're not doing what I did, whatever else. We helped her mine out. All the little learnings that she had became gold mines. And then said, those become codified of how you're going to lead Nick through. Because you're basically, your learnings, the struggles you went through are the things you're going to be able to go back to. And you're going to be able to pass on to Nick. You're going to be able to pass on to Drew. You're going to be able to pass on to a melee because they're going to run into the exact same problems that you ran into. But you can give them the hope that it's possible to move through them. And so the journey, we just say, has ups and downs to it. So at the end of the day, um, leaders, <clears throat> we would say um, we came to a realization that we had unlimited imagination because God was already birthing things in people. We just wanted needed to tap into that. What was he already doing in the Tony, the alleys, the mics? We had unlimited kingdom platforms because it didn't always have to happen in church space. It could be out where they already are, where they live, work, and play. What we needed to add to that was a contextualized training pathway. And that Ali or Mike or Lori or Tony could also use this same pathway to train up other leaders themselves, other disciple makers. And that therefore we didn't have a multiplication problem. We had massive multiplication potential. And it takes time. It's not a silver bullet. Um, there's lots of bumps along the way on that. Um, we went over these ones really, really fast. There's a QR code on the back of that sheet. Um, and there is a, some of you are familiar with the Future Church book, which is more of a principle book. Um, we're writing, um, and Dave and um, Corey Hartman are writing um, Forging Funnel Fusion, which will be actually the tool book. Those are two, that QR code will take you to two um, pre-released uh, chapters um, of that, which will walk through all five, the content from all five of um, points of the, of the leadership star. Um, Tian, I've kept you over about two minutes here. I'm happy to engage any questions up here afterwards and things. I know we've got more to get to. I know some of us just need to get to a bathroom um, and stuff. But again, just the opportunity that we have uh, of, of fresh imagination building greater kingdom platforms for the opportunity of seeing greater uh, multiplication of uh, disciples and disciple makers in our, in our context.
Thanks, leaders. <clears throat> Hey, are you on the videos for Unique? Um, I don't know if I'm on any of them. I might be on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My wife and I were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like that was a couple years ago that we did those. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool yeah, we just, I just uh, went through my 24-week uh, cohort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that, finished that. What are your two words? Uh, championing growth. All right, all right, love it. I love that. That's beautiful. Cool. Yep, yep. it's my third time through it. Okay. Um, uh, Dave uh, came and did the first group of our 